We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Apologize for the Saints game? To who? The Saints fans. No. God, okay. No. All right. All right. I. Uh, little new oh i forgot this is an intro version with the guitar riff in it uh we got a little sorry i'm adjusting my mic here we got a little new audio in the intro johnny from our our king jared goff uh we're gonna talk about his thoughts on the saints game later in the show uh this is bloody heads podcast part of ramstock radio and blue Hour podcast network uh as always i'm steve Barry here with johnny gomez i forgot to do that part Johnny, the next time we talk after today, the Rams have played a game, a preseason game, but still a game. How are we feeling? Hey, I, I always get giddy this time of year, even if it is uh, preseason football. It, it, it says a lot when you are willing to sit through a Jets and Browns preseason game during the Hall of Fame uh, game that was this past Thursday. Yeah, uh, that, that was awful football. But you know what? I was excited to see it. And uh, I'll be that much more excited when it's the Rams. Yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, clearly shaping up to be the most interesting Rams preseason in in years. In years. It's not even hyperbole to say. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but our, our first topic of the day Big, big news, Johnny. Uh, something we have been hoping would happen now for a couple weeks, a couple months, if we're being honest here. Uh, the Rams re-signed, not re-signed really, but b- brought back safety John Johnson, the third Johnson spent, I believe he was, he was a third round pick by the Rams in 2017, played here through 2020 left in 2021 right before the Super Bowl run got a nice payday uh on a three-year contract from the Cleveland Browns 
He wound up they wound up cutting him before this season. Uh, set him free agency for a while. The time with the Browns, he had three interceptions or four total interceptions, about 160 tackles in two seasons. Only missed two games, so he was healthy. Um, I didn't watch a ton of the Browns last year for you know a lot of reasons y'all have heard on this podcast. Uh, but if you look at the Pro Football Focus grades, he was ranked 57th out of 88 eligible safeties. Uh, 62.8 overall grade graded out more positively in, in coverage, um, than some of the other categories. So, I mean, maybe you've watched him more than I have. Um, we can get into the depth here. You know, I don't think we should be expecting, and it seems like it's a minimum contract. Um, I don't have that confirmed, but I, I believe I, I saw that, um, from, I'm trying to remember the reporter's name, Gary Klein of the LA times. Um, and, uh, downtown Rams, Jake Ellenbogen broke this news this morning too. So good for him. Um, this is just, we've been talking about it for months and the longer he's been on the market where it was clear there wasn't a big appetite for John Johnson. This just felt like such an obvious win for both the Rams and for Johnson, I, I was stoked when I saw this was a thing, man. Uh, I, I hope you're exci- as excited as I am. I, I cannot wait to see him back in blue and gold. Well, I, I do think that when he was with the Rams, his uh, his play was a lot better than when he was in Cleveland. Uh, you know, I didn't see a ton of games from Cleveland last year, but um, I did. I did see a few games and he didn't look like the John Johnson that we had seen in Los Angeles, but at the same time, it's a completely different scheme that they were running over there in Cleveland, as opposed to, uh, you know, Los Angeles. So I do think that sometimes a change of scenery isn't always the best thing for, for a player. And hopefully him coming back to LA will you know, kind of restart his career a little bit. And uh, not that he was horrible or anything. If you look at his stats, they're not the worst numbers out there. Um, but uh, I, I do think it'll benefit not only him, but the Rams to get another veteran safety uh, in the backfield there because uh, it was looking like basically just uh, rookies and, uh, you know, second-year players. So uh, with the exception of Jordan Fuller, but now you, uh, if you um, have Jordan Fuller as your uh, other starting safety there, uh, you can have like a tandem that works very well uh, when healthy. So um, I think in, in essence, this is, this is definitely going to benefit not only John Johnson, but also the Rams. Hopefully uh, this will be a nice prove-it contract for, uh, for John Johnson. Yeah, and he's going to play a lot, obviously. I know, or we'll talk about this in a second, the safeties in camp have been getting a lot of buzz. I think we're all still going to feel better with John Johnson out there as a starting safety. Um, yes. It's important to note, too, even though it, you know it, it, there's no way to say his play in Cleveland was better than it was here. Um, it was a cost-cutting move. He, he was on a pretty big contract. They had to get out of some money. You know, Leonard Floyd was pretty good last year got cut 
in a cost save move by the Rams. Um, and I, it took him a little bit to, to get a contract too, right? So it, oh, it's yeah. it's so it's not like it's not like he's he got cut and is sitting out there because he's terrible. He certainly, I, I think, has as good a shot of anyone to bounce back this year, and it's a perfect situation. He didn't play under Raheem Morris here, so it will be kind of a new defense for him. But he did play with Jordan Fuller in his, during Fuller's rookie year, so I think that's a big, big plus from the get from the get go. And uh, you know, you look at the depth chart, even if, um, and I was chatting with. Uh, our friend Jason Tyra on Twitter today about this. Even if like you like what you're seeing from Quentin Lake, which who has been a, a camp hero so far. And uh, if you like what you've seen in, in Russ East, you, they will probably play a lot of three safety sets because and like we've seen in the past uh, with Jordan Fuller and John Johnson and then Taylor Rapp, where you saw um, mixing a bit of three safety stuff in there because you weren't confident in trotting two inside linebackers out there. We didn't see that as much last year because you had two good inside linebackers. Uh, now I, I'm i sure I could name the second inside linebacker on the roster if I thought about it for a couple seconds. Uh, is Christian Roseboom still on the team? I, maybe it's him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Whoever is ends up behind Ernest Johnson is probably not going to play that much. And so, because I think we like even these safeties who we're not that optimistic in behind Fuller and now John Johnson, who I would you know he'd have to come in and be a complete disaster to not start. Honestly, like, especially if they're reading him on a cheap deal, he was probably more or less assured a starting job. So, I think you'll still see guys like Quentin Lake. Uh, I think he will play a lot, even if he's not the starting safety behind this, these two dudes. And so, yeah, it, it's a complete no-brainer for us. And I think it's a perfect spot for Johnson because he's going to play. Uh, he loved being here. He he didn't play under Morris, but he clearly has a lot of admiration for Sean McVay. And uh, he didn't leap by choice. He got a nice payday in the Rams were a little strapped for cash that year, didn't want to pay him. I would safe to say that it was fine because we won the Super Bowl the year after he left, uh, unfortunately for him. But, yeah, man, this is just, like, so obvious for everyone involved that, like, they should have had a reunion. And there have been players in the past, like uh, like our, our poor guy Todd Gurley, um, where that didn't happen. But, like, I'm glad it happened here. I mean, it made too much sense for everybody uh, that, like, if he was still a free agent in August, how do you not make this happen? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, Steve, I, I have to ask this. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of devil's advocate, and uh, try and stick with me here. So let's say, because uh, Sean McVay has kind of been preaching the youth movement type of thing, Primarily because the Rams don't have any other choice, but nah, you know, details. Uh, so that being said, is does John Johnson have a guaranteed spot on this roster, or do you think that John Johnson will have to sort of earn a spot um, through training camp and possibly through preseason play? 
I I think he's got to be a lock. Um, if it's true, he's on a really cheap deal. Like that'd be fucking crazy, man. Right? It, the preseason thing is interesting. That's interesting, and we're gonna talk about that soon. Like who we think will play and not play in the preseason, but he would have to look so bad to get cut. Right? Like that would that would be insane. I suppose it just kind of depends on how much Sean McVay really believes in the idea of the youth movement because I don't, I, I don't think it does. Like I, him, him being on the roster or even starting, I don't think is going to really affect anything. I mean, he's only 27. Like, like it's, yep. not, it's not like we're bringing back Eric Weddle. <laughs> I think they'd love Eric Weddle also. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I I hear you, man. I I'm kind of with you. I I think that even though there's a quite a few young guys that have kind of stood out during training camp and everything, there's just no price you can really put on uh, on a guy that's already had NFL success. You know, the, the majority of the guys that are uh, competing for a spot on this roster have zero NFL experience at all. So while they may have the potential of being the next Nick Scott, you know, you just don't know if you're going to get the Nick Scott or if you're going to get the Taylor Rapp, you know, or oh, <laughs> I shouldn't say Taylor Rapp because he did have mild success, but um, you get what I mean, you know? Uh, and I think with John Johnson, you, even if he took a step back from, from when he first arrived in LA, I, I think that he's still, a guy that is ready to come in and, and play at, at a much higher level than what a rookie or a second year guy could do. And there's nothing to say that he can't be a mentor for this year. And um, either maybe the Rams pay him next year, uh, uh, you know, a little more of a substantial contract, or you maybe test the waters and uh, try your, uh, what would be your, uh, third year guys, you know, and second year in some cases. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where exactly uh, they see John Johnson in the future. But for now, he's on a one year deal. Yeah, and I, I like I think there's a lot of variables here, and and I now they're clearly committed to the youth movement, but um, like you you got John Johnson this late for basically free, and you look at the safeties on the team. Um, if Johnson and Fuller are the starters, Fuller's in a contract year. And if if Fuller has a big year, he's going to get paid by somebody. Whereas with Johnson, if he has a really good year, you know, I, I, I don't see him getting another big contract like he got last time. And the Rams have cap space. I think if they could keep, if, if he plays well, like if he's, you know, uh, if it's like riding a bike on the Rams and he gets back to even 80% of what he was in 2020, uh, I think they keep him at a, at a reasonable contract. Uh, and then you look at the guys behind those two, um, Quentin Lake, Russell East, who they like. Um, these guys are still late round 2022 draft picks who we can get, talk all the hype for these guys we want. We have no idea if they're capable of being NFL starting safeties. And so if you, like, there'd be a chance, like, you, you I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, say my thought, but basically, like, 
you have to find starters for next season. And I don't think adding John Johnson to the mix is a bad thing because A, we don't know if these young guys are going to pan out like that. And B, I think he could be the starter next year, even though it's a one-year deal. Like, I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to think that they could bring him back. Um, and maybe there's an under-the-table thing of why they're getting him for so cheap, but um, there also just might not be a market out there. And then even behind those guys, you have Jason Taylor II, who is a seventh-round pick, and uh, a couple of undrafted guys, Tanner Engel, Rashad Torrance, uh, Quindell Johnson. We don't—I mean, these guys might—not might, might not even an insult here— those guys might be in the XFL next year. Like, we have no idea if they even can belong on rosters, let alone uh, on the field in NFL games. And you do want to test out these guys. You want to get them playing time. And I don't think having John Johnson in the building is going to affect that. But, like, to, to develop these guys, you, it, you're, you're going to be better off having a better defense overall with better players to help develop them, um, even if it comes at the cost of a little bit of playing time, just because, like, you know, the the way the secondary was before the signing, and even still really with this signing, it's it's not good. Like, you got to, like, adding something, especially someone like John Johnson, who, who like, just makes so much sense to be here, uh, I don't think will negatively affect anything. No, I, and I agree, yeah. It's going to be interesting, though, because this obviously affects the depth chart overall. And I, I have to wonder, too, how many safeties do the Rams plan on carrying on the roster? Uh, he's just one guy, but at the same time, there's so many other guys that are competing for, you know, just one or, yeah, just basically maybe one more spot. Um do the Rams carry four or five safeties in the past? It's basically been four, but uh, you know, you may have to carry a fifth guy, which may not be such a bad thing. If like you said, Steve, if they continue uh, to run more three safety sets like they have in the past. Um, but uh, overall it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I think, I, I think that the preseason is going to be, a lot more interesting now at the safety position because it may come down to a really tough decision for for uh, less need and uh, making this you know uh, final roster cuts. Yeah, last last year we had a, so Pro Football Focus gives you like or Pro Football Reference. I, I think we had five. Jordan, well, like, they're, okay, so it's tough because there's injuries and stuff, but Jordan Fuller, Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, um, Russ East, Quinton Lake. Were, were East and Lake on the the opening day roster? Were they practice squad? Do you remember? Uh, I I think that they placed Lake on, on the uh, uh, unable to perform list. Oh, you're right. Um, for the, you're right. And yeah. um, <laughs> Terrell Burgess was on the active roster week one, right? So without right, Lake, yeah. you, you'd still they still would have had a rap Scott Fuller, um, Russ East, uh, Burgess. And, and Burgess. Yeah. So I would expect them to keep five, just because I think too, like 
there are other positions you're going to keep guys, but really, like, there's no there's no position on this defense that you're like, oh, they're deep. Like, there's not a single position where you're like, they got to keep a lot of guys in this crew, um, which I think is in not not a benefit. Obviously, you'd rather have better players, but I think they're going to be able to be more flexible with just keeping the guys they think have the most potential instead of really planning out by position strictly. It, does that make sense? Like, is that something you would you would agree with? Yeah, I, I would agree with it. It's, I think, it, in essence, it's it's going to be um, a, a a tough uh, tough call in a lot of positions on this defense uh, because there's so many unknowns. But uh, yeah, safety especially though. Yeah, and I think um, with Johnson and with Witherspoon, uh, Kel Witherspoon at cornerback, I. I, I think you need to bring in those guys. I mean, safety, I, it's it wouldn't be as much of a need because Jordan Fuller is there. But, like, if this was anyone else who we were bringing at safety on a cheap contract, I might have different thoughts. But it's just such an obvious move to make, I think. He, it's, he's perfect for this. Um, and, and we love him. And I think he's one of my favorite Rams over the last couple of years. I'm, real, I'm just really happy to have him back. Same. It's great. I, I can't wait to see him out there. Uh, and I wonder when we will see him out there. Uh, oh, before we get to the preseason, actually, even though it was a nice crisp transition for me, uh, on our last pod, we recorded right when the Cooper Cup injury broke. Seems like he's just day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Seems unlikely he'll miss week one. So crisis averted there, thank God. Uh, I, we're not going to see him in the preseason regardless. Don't don't even have him practice until he's 110%. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well preseason thoughts uh we got a game this week 9 p.m on saturday that oh sorry 6 p.m pacific time on saturday against the chargers i don't know who's technically the home team obviously it's at our stadium uh gonna be different this year i got some quotes here from les need and sean McVay on the preseason les need said it will not be like years past but it will be like years past and i know he Sean McVay has some names, you know, because we do have players like Rob Havenstein, Tyler Higby, some players that have been here since our first Super Bowl into the second. 
So the team does have some core veterans that will get the, let's call it, non-preseason play treatment. But there is an element of trying to engineer as competent a collective as possible. And because we mentioned we're going to, let's talk to the even side of the ball, there's a lot of players on rookie contracts on that side of the ball other than Aaron Donald. And so we're going to need those guys to gel during the preseason. And McVay said, it's going to be very different than what we, what you guys are accustomed to. We haven't decided exactly, but we've got to get guys ready to go. There's a lot of players on this team that haven't had an opportunity to even really suit up, play real tackle football that we're going to be counting on against Seattle. So it's going to be a very different approach now. The Matthews and the Aarons, you're not going to see them. We're still kind of working through that. But it will be very different than what we've been accustomed to. And really, even in 2017, when we got here, we did play in those first couple preseason games and just a series in the third. Um, did play, guys. I miss a quote. He continued. So that really kind of started from 18 on, and I think this is a lot closer to 2017 where we're kind of learning a lot about these guys. But the guys that have been big contributors that have played a lot of snaps will tilt towards being smart with them. But for the most part, they're going to be a lot of guys that are playing and very few guys that won't. So this is something we've talked a lot about in the last couple of pods. And it does appear that they're going to play some real players in the preseason. Um, now, like, sorry, nice little brain fart there. I'm interested to see who plays because even like last year, they were sitting Ben Skoranek in the preseason. So it was to the point where like not only were they not playing the starters, they were playing anyone. They weren't playing pretty much anyone who they expected to be on the field at all in week one. And I I wonder how like this year is going to play out. So obviously I would say Stafford, Donald, Cup, Higby, Havenstein, they're not playing. But do you think guys like, like, I feel like guys like Ernest Jones, Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, uh, those dudes are probably not playing either, right? Jordan Fuller. Like, they played a bunch. Yeah, I, I would imagine that those guys would also take a seat. Um, I would imagine that there's going to be a few guys that um, that um, Sean McVay is is kind of, you know, leaving out, you know, purposefully. I have to imagine some guys that you kind of expect to be uh, starters, you know, guys like um, a lot of the offensive linemen. I would be entirely shocked if you see like a Joe Noteboom or A.J. Jackson out there as well. Uh, Maybe you'll see like a Steve Avila, you know, because this is a rookie and obviously you trying to get him some playing time. But um I'd be shocked to see to see a Noteboom or or a Jackson out there. So, so are you finally conceding that Steve Avila is a lock to be a starter? Based on what we've been seeing out of camp, that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of moving the uh, um, Logan Bruss over to right tackle. Uh, that's kind of something Sean McVay announced earlier this week, and uh, that that seems like an indicator that uh, he's kind of won a spot. Uh, although they do seem to be high on uh, Tremaine Ancrum being a potential starter as well. So, you know, that could be a possibility if, uh, you know, whoever ends up losing the left tackle spot takes one of the guard spots also. So I guess it's not 100% set in stone, but it 
seems more likely that now, yeah, he might be the starting uh, uh, guard for us this year. He's going to be the starter, Johnny, as I've been saying for months. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't mind him being our starter, but uh, he's gonna be yeah. a starter. Um, you have no faith in Tremaine Ancrum. What's wrong with you, man? Well, well, let's let's talk about the offensive line, and then I do want to come back to the uh, preseason stuff a little bit. But since we're already talking about it, um, because yeah, I I wonder who's gonna play in the preseason from this group. I do think Steve Avila will play just because of like the precedent of not playing a rookie in the preseason. It just seems crazy, right? Um, I think they're going to be cautious with his his reps. I don't think he's going to play a ton, but it'll be kind of wild to not play. It's not like he's the second pick. Like it'd be kind of wild to not play him. Um, even though I do think he will one hundred percent be a starter. Uh, Logan Bress, you mentioned, um, yeah, they announced that he's he was playing right tackle at practice, uh, filling in for Rob Havenstein, and they, McVeigh basically said he's going to stay there. He played 83% of his snaps at Wisconsin at tackle, uh, and they said that's clearly where he's more comfortable. He could play guard if he has to. I would imagine that's only an injury scenario. Uh, and people did notice at practice yesterday, and uh, I don't remember if you if you just said this or not, but Joe Nopum was playing right guard. Alaric Jackson was playing left tackle. Uh, you brought up Ankrum. He's been a guy that people have noted has played really well at guard in camp. Um Coleman Shelton's still been playing center. Brian Allen sat out practice yesterday, um, but it kind of the buzz seems like it's going to be Shelton there. I I guess like you know who do you, do you play these guys in the preseason too? Like that's an interesting one. Like can you re, like if you're going to play guys that are going to play? Like can you sit Alaric Jackson? Like Joe Nopum's been here a while, but if he's playing right guard, he hasn't played a ton of right guard. Uh, do you want to get him some reps there? Uh, do you play Coleman Shelton? Like, um, and, and because really the only vet you've got there is Rob Havenstein, like with it, replacing him with Russ, it could be good to get the other four guys reps together. Um, because none of them really, I mean, I, I'm saying Avila is a lock, but he's also a rookie. The other guys, like, I mean, they could probably use it. And I think just because you're playing in the preseason doesn't mean you need to play four quarters in the preseason. Like, those guys could play a couple series and then pop out. Uh, I'm interested to see. Do you think, with, with seeing No Boom getting some run at guard, I mean, do you think that means that, like, they might be more likely to commit to Jackson at, at tackle, too? I think Ankrum's interesting, but ultimately, like, with the financial investment you have in Joseph Noteboom, and and they restructured his contract, right? So they're kind of committed to him. I they could say whatever they want. I don't think they want him on the bench in Week One with that contract tied to him. No, and, and uh, that's why I think he'll ultimately be a guard if uh, Jackson ends up winning the left tackle spot. But at the same time. Um, to kind of answer the first question, do I think that uh, no boom should go out there in the preseason and uh, start at guard? If you're talking about a very stable, uh, less injury-prone offensive lineman, yes, I say why not get him some more reps at, at the at the guard spot in preseason. 
But Milkboom has had an injury history ever since being drafted by the Rams. So I'm yeah. more inclined to uh, rest him during the preseason. Tim Jackson, really the only starter uh, or potential starter I would say um, that I wouldn't mind seeing in the preseason would be Avila. You know, everyone else, um, I would say keep them uh, fresh and happy in uh, until the week one because – Man, it was it was a brutal 2022 when it came to the offensive line health, and uh, you know having guys out there just because it, it's you know kind of an experimental offensive line. I, I think this is one you you just have to make an exception for. Yeah, and and I, honestly, I think his quote is going to hold a lot more weight for the defense because like. You know, a guy like Kobe Durant played a lot last year, but he he's probably going to play in the preseason a little bit, right? And I wonder if they'll, maybe in, like, the second game, maybe they'll play, like, Ernest Jones and Jordan Fuller a little bit, um, and jo- even John Johnson, just so, like, they the whole defense maybe plays together for a couple series, minus Aaron Donald, obviously, um, plays together just so maybe they can try and click a little bit um, and feel what they feel like as a collective unit. Obviously, that'll change with Aaron Donald suiting up, but uh, I think he would retire on the spot if they told him he had to play in the preseason. So, like, let's not do that. Um, but you do make a good point about Nopun being made of glass. And I think even, like, mentioning Jordan Fuller, that could be kind of the same thing. So, yeah, it's... The line battle is interesting. And, like, what happens if they're, they go with what you said and don't play Nopun and then... Ankrum has the game of his life at right guard. Like, then what do you do? Do you have them play in a game together to feel it out? Or, like, what happens if Ankrum wins the guard job in preseason? And then they, I don't know. There, there's a lot of variables here. And it, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I, I honestly believe that the Rams are so high on Ankrum, which is why I'm not totally committing to the idea that Avila went, ends up winning uh, the the spot he's winning the spot one. Johnny. he will he will be out there week one so so absolutely no possibility that Ankrum wins over uh Avila I think they could both start I think th- that you're, they're playing Avila there's no fucking way he doesn't play week one <laughs> there's no you way know, they walk I... out of camp and are like our best options are Ankrum and no boom at guard yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that out of the realm of possibilities. Even though, I, even if it is, man, and sorry to keep cutting you off, but like, if Avila seems like he's going to be bad, you got to let him go out there and fail. I, I think you have to see it. Like, you you have to let him play and try and figure it out, even if it seems like it's going to be bad. Well, I I I think that the plan is for him to start at some point in twenty twenty three. I think the plan I, is for him to start week one. <laughs> Steve doesn't want to hear any of that that uh Steve Avila doesn't end up starting uh week one. And you know what, man, I'm here for it too. I want I want Avila starting week one. I want to know that our uh you know our highest draft pick since Jared Goff um is worth every penny. So um yeah, I, I'd love to see that, but I also am not gonna rule it out just yet. I think it's just like the guys we're talking about. No disrespect to these guys. Um, I think they some of these guys can end up being very productive. But, like, 
they're not inspiring enough to to make you like what are you waiting on playing Avila for? Eh, you know, maybe just a little more seasoning. But I I think you drafted him with the because he is more of a, a polished guy. Um yeah. like he's not as much of a raw prospect. If he was, you know, even if he played tackle, I think if he played tackle it could it would be a different conversation. Um because that if probably needs tackle. a little What you say? <laughs> Uh, if you played tackle, that'd be uh, even more of a log jam there. <laughs> yeah, well, and like you're just like if you draft him to play left tackle, he, there is a lot more inherently polish that needs to go into that. But I think guard, like how high you get, he got drafted, pretty high for for an interior offensive lineman. Um, it's not the sexiest position to draft, and 36 is pretty high. Yeah, so, definitely true. Yeah, I, I in, in this team, this regime, and I, I said this when we drafted him, you, they, like, you look at the history of players they've drafted, they never draft this kind of guy. And so the fact that they did it, like, they're going to play him from day one. <laughs> this just then, Steve Avila is going to play the bench. <laughs> he's, he's starting. I'll, I'll bet you any amount of money you would like. That he will play. He will start at guard in week one. No, I mean, to be honest, I I see that happening too. But would I be entirely shocked if they waited a little bit? Not really. I I would be very shocked. I I would would honestly be floored at this point. Especially with the fact that he's been pretty much running starting guard exclusively in, in camp. Um, well, you you heard it here fo- first, folks. Uh, Steve Ribeiro is predicting Steve Avila is starting week one. Not that it's like a huge stretch to say that. I'm going to quote my guy Paul Heyman here, Johnny, uh, Ooh, as someone who Paul. ascended SummerSlam over the weekend. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. He will be starting at guard in week one. That's a good quote, actually. <laughs> yeah, Paul Heyman's the best. Um, I-, I wanted to circle back on the preseason a little bit, like, like last year, they held out Ben Skoranek and Tutu Atwell in the preseason. I think Tutu was injury related. Skoranek wasn't. Do you do you think those guys play in the preseason? Like I think they play in the preseason. And yes, I think God, absolutely. Yeah, I think they play. Um, Bryson Hopkins, who's been popping up as a, a camp positive, like is going to play. I, I think they're going to walk back the the like. If you've played in an NFL game, you're not playing type of thing. Uh, and I especially, I especially think if you want to develop sets and Bennett, what which they do, you know, not that like, Ben Skoranek and Tutu Atwell are the best receivers in the world. I think you still want to equip him with better receivers because I, you know, for all the shit we've said about Van Jefferson, I th- I think he's done enough to not play in the preseason. I truth, I, I, I have. If I was Sean McVay, I would encourage Van Jefferson to go out there uh, just because the man hasn't really done a lot since being drafted. And, you know, he's shown some glimpses here and there. You know, he's had these moments where you're like, okay, I could see this guy being a, a number two wide receiver, but he's never really claimed that role despite having opportunities last year being one of them. And then this year, 
he almost wins it by default, but at the same time, I know he's been kind of battling some injuries even uh, even through uh, training camp here, but uh, haven't really heard a whole lot from from the Van Jefferson camp. Just basically more about uh, Demarcus Robinson, more about uh, Puka Nakua, even Tutu Atwell. I've heard more from him than I have from Van Jefferson. Now that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But, uh, yeah, that's not exactly what you want to see from your number two receiver. No, and, and he's been he's missed some days. But, yeah, it is uh, it's not ideal to see all the other guys getting love. And I, I honestly, it, it'll be interesting if we do see him in the preseason, like what that means. Because uh, it could be nothing. It could just mean they're playing more guys. But... He's been here for a while, you know, he's played a lot of games, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't really grabbed that role yet, and it'll be interesting, like, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's impossible for Demarcus Robinson to be the number two wide receiver pretty early. I I, I would still bet on Van, but he's, (laughs) as crazy as it sounds, man, he's almost proven more in his career to being a productive player than, than Van has. No question. And, and that begs the question, do you send Demarcus Robinson out there? I think probably. I think you probably do. And I think that's part of what I mentioned with developing sets at Bennett. Like, he'll be a useful guy, but I don't know. I think him specifically, if he doesn't play in the preseason, he's a stone-cold lock to make the team, obviously. If he's not out there on Saturday – you could put him in Sharpie on the roster. He will make the team. If he's not out, if he's not out there, he's he's locked in to be the number two guy. Yeah, yeah. or at least number three. Um, well, I don't want to say that because Puka's Puka Nakua is is popping up in a lot of preseason stuff too. Um, and I do think that they actually, I it wouldn't, really wouldn't surprise me if. Uh, if, if they want to play Robinson, if they actually kind of rotate all five of those guys in somewhat frequently during games and maybe using Skoranek and Tutu more, more to their strengths um, and, and get them in like some snaps. I could see all five guys having roles. Obviously, Cup should play 95% of the offensive snaps every week. Uh, but I think you can get it creative with the other four. Um. Yeah, any any other thoughts on that preseason game? Uh, anyone you're excited to watch? Oh, there's so many guys to be excited about. And, and this is – I'm not one to really get excited for a preseason game usually, just uh, maybe just to get the feel of football back again, but it's quickly extinguished once you see an actual preseason game. But this is a little bit more on the exciting side because – you're going to actually have players that you know are going to make the roster. Whereas in previous years, you're like, maybe maybe like four or five of these guys might actually make their active roster. And that's kind of how it's been. But now it's like, you're going to have a good majority of these guys going to make the active roster. So it'll be interesting to see these guys. I'm particularly going to be looking at the special teams. Uh, our, we have a brand Hell new yeah, special team. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we we're focusing a lot on on obvious the skilled players, but uh, the special teams need some love too, man. I, I, I'm dying to see what we have in Ethan Evans as a punter who absolutely had no competition. So uh, I'm guessing that this dude must be like one of the biggest stud punters that the Rams have drafted in quite some time since Johnny Hecker. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, looking forward to seeing how Tanner Brown steps in the big cleats that Matt Gay left behind. Um, I'm curious to see who ends up, uh, you know, taking uh, snaps at uh, return specialist. Yeah. I've seen a slew of names out there, so it'll be interesting to see who they have. Uh, I imagine the guys that they have out there more are the guys that are getting the hardest looks. So, um, yeah, special teams, especially for me, uh, I'm, I'm really curious about, but man, there's, there's so many positions, uh, so many guys that, uh, have my interest, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, how well the defensive line is looking. It's a completely young, uh, territory when it comes to the defensive line, pretty much if you're not named Aaron Donald, you're, pretty much guys that have just had a minor role or no role whatsoever on this team. So yeah, uh, there's so much to be excited about for this game. So much more to look forward to. Uh, but Steve, I have to ask, what are you going to be looking at? I'm the most excited to see Zach Evans at running back. Uh, and also Kieran think? Williams. I'm excited to see both those guys and how they look. Um, in terms of like players, because I'm excited to see who they play, obviously, first and foremost, based on what they're saying. Um, and I'm really excited to see Byron Young uh, at outside linebacker. Yeah, that's fair for sure. Uh, those are not like unique picks. I'm also obviously excited for the special teams and especially who they try at, at punt returner. Um because you look at a guy like Xavier Smith, who's an undersized wide receiver, uh, undrafted free agent. If he makes a team, he's going to be the punt returner, I think. It's a crowded room. Uh, he would have to have an insane camp as a receiver. So in the punt return game, there will be guys not only fighting for the spot as a punt returner, but really fighting for a roster spot. Um, and in, like, if Xavier Smith is the best punt returner, how good does he have to be or how much better than the other guys for them to be like, well, we're going to keep him as a punt returner. Uh, it's things like that. It's, it's exciting. And obviously, who's going to play it? Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I will not be watching it live because it's at 9 p.m. on a Saturday. And I already have to take 22 weekend days away from my wife for football. So I'm not going to add a 23rd. Uh, but I will watch it the next morning. <laughs> that's the way to do it man that's the way to do it um we've been going for a bit so i don't want to get too in depth on the cornerback stuff we mentioned but uh darian kendrick Robert shell and sean John jolly are all dealing with injuries on top of akala witherspoon just having surgery i think we could touch on this next week johnny unless there's anything um you wanted to hit asap i think it'll be good to give that another week and see how these guys who plays on Saturday and who doesn't. I, I just, I, I'm looking forward to Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, still getting pre got some praise from McVay in camp this week. Um, 
Ernest Brown the fourth, who we didn't mention at all in this pod. I think we mentioned all the other guys I had listed as camp praise. Uh, Aaron Donald gave gave him a lot of praise. That's one of the best recommendations you can get from a person is from Aaron Donald. I I hope one day I can get a recommendation from Aaron Donald myself. I I think I'll be guaranteed to be hired anywhere if that's the case. Uh, So, yeah, man, uh, here's hoping that Ernest can – you know, get some some of that hype behind him uh, on the field. If that's the case, it's going to be real interesting to see how, how he does on the field uh, during week one. Yeah, it's it's. I would say he's tracking pretty clearly to be a starter. Not it's saying much, like not that much competition there. But uh, all all the camp speak on him. I I think he's going to be one of the one of the guys out there. I would say. I bet on it being him, Donald, Kobe Turner in the middle. Um, so Johnny, we got to close the show with this. I was so excited when I saw this. Um, we, I heard. If you didn't hear this, um, I'm going to play the full quote here. Jared Goff was on the podcast part of my take this week, and they asked him about the twenty. I guess the 2018, I think that's what it technically referred as NFC championship game. Again, the saints, uh, I'm going to play the audio here and then we'll talk about it. Oh wait, hang on. Saints fans. Oh no. no. Let me restart. Do you ever that. apologize for the saints game? To who? The saints fans. No, God, okay. no. Okay. No. They got the ball in overtime. They had a chance to win it. There we go. Was I that, like that. Was <laughs> that pass interference? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> That's going to piss was, so many people off. Was it, was it called pass interference? Shit. It was not. It uh, was yeah, not called pass interference. I've had a million pass interferences that weren't called. And, uh, Who says he makes the field goal, too? I know, yes, I know, yeah, I know he's, like, automatic from there. Lutz was, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah, they asked Jordan, like, did you push off against the Jazz game six? He's like, did they call it? Yeah, right? did they call it? No. No. It not, not I thought Roby's response was fantastic after the game, though, when they asked him, and he was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> Was there ever a moment during that two week stretch? Because I remember like Saints fans were like trying to petition, they were trying to take the like Supreme Court. Were <laughs> yeah. you like, are they gonna actually figure out a way to play this game again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, they wanted to restart it from that play. Yes. <laughs> no, I, 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 they had they had they had that happened and then they ended up throwing the ball again. They could have ran it and ran off more clock, they threw an incompletion. Um and then you know we got lucky they turned it over to us in overtime and we made a field goal from sixty yards. It wasn't like it was perfect for us either. Yeah. Will you ever apologize? For- we don't need to listen to it a third time. Uh, it, that was Jared Goff on, on part of my take this week. Uh, pretty fun interview if you didn't check that out. Uh, but my guy Jared, man, just going on there and saying all the talking points that I have been repeating uh, to a comical degree on this podcast – that they got the ball in overtime, they threw an interception, they had a chance to win. And I love that he mentioned that they threw an in, a, a, a pass. Did they throw a pass, pass the next play? Um, or no, that was the incomplete pass, right? Like, um, my guy, man, a king. Hang, hang 16 in the Raptors. <laughs> I agree, man. That that was uh... – it was it was perfect and you know what's icing on the cake is the guy that basically won the game for us that game just got signed to a one-year contract i didn't even process that like coming full circle on this podcast yeah yeah just it's it's beautiful man beautiful to have him back and uh you know what um 
it was what it was. It was a long time ago. Saints fans are, are still upset about it. It's like, I, I get it. I would probably be upset myself. But um, at the same time, it's like they had every opportunity to win that game, too. They didn't win. Uh, if it makes them feel any better, the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl that year anyway. So, oh, well. And this is something um... – like, and I, I don't stress this as much as the they got the ball in overtime and threw an interception, but I, I, I kind of forget this sometimes, too. First and 10, a minute and 58 left in the game from the Rams' 13-yard line. They fucking threw the ball twice. The Rams had two timeouts left. They threw the ball twice in that situation. You, th- you you get the Rams user two timeouts. Um, even if you don't get it, you still burn. Um, you still get the clock down to what? Like um, a minute, kick the field goal. And then the Rams have to, to get it, get a field goal in, in 60 seconds with no timeouts. Um, and they would have gotten bit. They would have like, they would have gotten bailed out by that fucking call. Obviously it should have been called. It wasn't. It happens. Um, but the fact, as I will always say, they were throwing an out route to Tommy Lee Lewis while he was, he, I wasn't open. Nick Ellerby Coleman could have just batted the ball away. It's, it's one of the worst play calls in a game I've ever seen. And you can't, Sean Payton can't sit here and act like he knew Nick Ellerby Coleman was going to shove Tommy Lee Lewis to the ground. It was such an <laughs> egregious and fucking awful play call. And I can't believe they called it. Yeah, I... (laughs) I love revisiting this. Oh, and it'll be something that we'll revisit at at some point or another again fairly soon. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Saints never recovered. We did. (laughs) We we made the Super Bowl a couple years later. Damn, rubbing salt in that wound. I can't, I can't wait to watch the Broncos stink this year, man. <laughs> uh, uh, it would uh, it would be really funny to me if the Saints were good with Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Like if this is if this is a unit that gets them to a Super Bowl, I'm like living off of that the 2011 season for a fucking decade with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's true. But uh yeah, don't don't uh, sleep on the Saints though. Uh I I will be sleeping on the Saints. <laughs> don't sleep on the Saints. I will absolutely be sleeping on the Saints. Anything don't else? Sleep on Jermaine Ancrum, don't sleep on the Saints. <laughs> I am not sleeping on Jermaine Ancrum. If he starts, he will be starting next to Avila at the other guard spot. <laughs> you can start two. There's two spots. <sighs> All right. Well, I think we've had enough uh, arguing about not arguing, uh, talking about uh, Avila starting and and uh, Steve's love of of the Saints, particularly Sean Payton. <laughs> Johnny, we're we're very like minded people. Um, and so despite the name of the podcast being butting heads, we ultimately don't butt heads as much as the 
show says. So I'm always I, I love when we get to argue because we usually just agree on everything. So it makes it a little more fun. But we also shouldn't become case, Skip and Stephen A. Smith either. Skip. <laughs> skip. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do miss that. Did I miss you see, This is well in the chapter. This. Did you see that Richard Sherman signed on to be on, a, like they said, 50 to 100 episodes of First Take this year? I, I didn't hear it was that much, but, but uh, I that, am looking forward to that. It'll be fun, but... I feel like that's one of the biggest sellout moves in sports media history. It, it really is. It, it really is, and and uh, it, it'll it'll never be the same, though. You know, he, went on, he, he would go on. Uh, uh, it's, it's not even first take anymore. I'm I'm sorry, Fox. I don't remember what Skip Bayless' show is. First, uh, undisputed. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> he used to just go on first take when Skip was on it, and just tells skip that he is a clown and doesn't deserve to be in the media and now he's he's not gonna do that 50 to 100 times a year can, can we get sherman to say skip though <laughs> i'm sure we'll get it done a bit i can't wait for uh his take on skip <laughs> it's like when an artist does a cover of something i can't wait for his his cover of of, of skip uh, no one will say skip like uh like like our boy. <laughs> uh love Uncle Shay Shay. Uh all right. Yeah. That's it. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh follow us on X Steve Ribeiro, Talk Rams, Johnny Five Not Six. Um and yeah. We'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>